Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome back to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. What's up, big dog? It's Nate here, ready to spit some heat. I never know how to go after that. (laughs) Welcome back for another episode. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you, and we're going to jump right into our mic check. Nate, you want to check your mic? Check, mic, check, check, one, two, mic, check. Good. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. Oh. (laughs) So so the mic check didn't work at all. See, this is why we do it. So, Nate, how have you been? I've been doing well. How are you? I'm excited for today's episode. I don't know if I'm feeling like more excited than normal. I'm I'm usually excited, but like I feel like I'm right on that verge of like, I just want to talk music and there's some good stuff and some bad stuff we have to address, man. Like just the good and the bad. The good and the bad. It's it's really important that we actually get to this. I want to give you props. Nate was telling me, so last week's episode was on Animal Flag and Nate didn't bring it up in the podcast, but he was wearing an Animal Flag shirt. I just want to thank you for your dedication to the craft that is podcasting the best thing about podcasts are the fact that no one can see what you're wearing Mm. and it really doesn't matter we could be recording this shirtless and no one would know and you didn't care you decided i'm gonna wear something that applies and so i thank you for your ariana grande t-shirt that you're currently wearing (laughs) um for for this episode you really you go hard and i appreciate that so for me there's a physical component, but there's also the mental component. It's like in high mm. school, every game day for every sport, you dress up in a suit and tie. Yeah. So you could mentally be like, hey, today's special. Today's different. And focus on what was at hand. And, you know, that's what I did with the Animal Flag t-shirt. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing today with my Grande t-shirt. Should we just get into Let, it? Let's do it. All right. Let's jump into our first segment. You know, it's time for Spam or Jam, fam. And we got some hot tracks. You know, they're, they're on the rage right now. They're playing on your radio. They're on your MP3 player. The first track, which we are going to let you know if it's garbage or if it's a banger, is God is a Woman by Miss Grande herself. So Spam or Jam, Andrew? My thoughts is that it's a jam. I think Ariana Grande has a great voice. I think 99% of the time her songs don't live up to how good her voice actually is. And this might be true in this sense, but like, dude, it's catchy. I thought the melody and the cadence was really cool and I was jamming to it. What were your thoughts, Nate? Before I get into my thoughts, so I watched the video on YouTube. Mm. And so I scrolled down to the comments as I like started listening. (laughs) And the first comment was, bruh, I was vibing until those random screaming beavers came up. And I was just like... Oh, I wonder like what background vocals or what like weird thing happened. Like, did she use like Alvin and the Chipmunks voice Mm. for like something? I was just like, what's going on? But literally like a minute into it, the video just pans to these. I don't know if they're beavers or I don't know what they are, but they pop out of these holes and they just start yelling. They just start screaming. Yeah, dead serious. Like his comment or her comment was completely honest, like literally random screaming beavers come up and yell during the video. 
So that threw me off, even though I was warned about it completely. But no, I agree. This is a jam. I keep not sleeping on her, but just like, I know I need to listen to her new album. And I'm just like, eh, whatever. But just like every song I hear, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. And I just need to start listening to her more. So our second track is High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Andrew, were your high hopes, did they prove you right listening to the song? I mean, I listen to this band all the time. I really love Fall Out Boy, and I... <laughs> Sorry. Memory is one of my favorite tracks yeah. by, by Panic. So, like, big fan of Fall Out Boy and their new track, High Hopes. Okay, so everyone makes this joke. Basically, Panic at the Disco sounds like Fall Out Boy. It is just vocally. They're actually, this song is really theatrical. It almost sounds like, made me feel like I was at some sort of a musical and there was mm-hmm. a performance. Like, it has those theatrical elements, whereas the chord structure or the trumpets or, or whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that feels more theatrical, I think it's a jam. I actually really liked the song. It was unique enough for pop music. It didn't sound like every other song. It was really good. So what were your thoughts? I don't know if I really had any expectations coming into the song. I like No Panic at the Disco. I like some of their songs. Probably Nine in the Afternoon is my favorite song by them. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. But overall, I was just kind of disappointed. For me, I was just like bored and to be honest like i kind of skimmed through the second half of the song because i was just so bored and didn't feel like listening to it i think he has good vocals i really wish i knew the name of the lead singer of fallout boy because i would have just like named him to continue with your joke overall i mean i just wasn't surprised by anything they did and the chorus just wasn't catchy enough for me to really want to listen to it so last song happier by Marshmella and Bastille. Andrew, what are your thoughts? My first thought is that I feel like Bastille purposefully, when the lyrics are written, he picks lyrics that he can, his accent comes on really strong. <laughs> and I kind of love it. There's so many words that he says, and I was like, oh, I just love his accent with that specific word. So I feel like he's got like 10 words, and he's like, <laughs> I have to fit these in every song so you can tell that I am not American. And I appreciate that. I actually have these songs going a clean sweep. Never done that. It's a jam as well. I think of these three, for me, this was probably the hardest one to peg back and forth, but it's so hard. I love his voice. The kind of build up to whatever the the hook for the song is i was like okay don't get caught away with just the build up and act like oh man this is the best hook or part but i really liked it when it went to that and i liked the part that he was singing over top the hook i think that's for me what i liked more so what were your thoughts nate so coming into the song i thought i'd like it just because bastille i dig his voice like you you have a much funnier way of describing why you like his voice. And I would agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. Honestly, though, I didn't know what to expect from the music because I knew that Marshmallow would be the one doing most of the music. And, you know, I'm surprised that a Marshmallow can make such a good (laughs) song. (laughs) Like, actually, at the end of the song, I was saying, I want some more of that. So anyways, all puns aside, no, I thought it was a good song. Honestly, it's one of those songs for me where I'm like, nothing's really unique about this besides obviously his voice, but it's just so catchy and so jammy and I just liked it. 
But yeah, so this is the first time we have a clean sweep from Andrew. And sorry, I ruined it on my side, but we have some pretty good tracks this week. Guys, check them out. Please tell us what you think. Do it. So next we have our top three and... Basically, in our top three, we have a category and we give our top three of that category. So this week, we have top three album covers or album artwork. And this is a fun one for Andrew and I because we both love album artwork and think it heavily influences the music listening experience. And I'm actually very curious what Andrew's are. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. So Andrew, what's third on your list? So third on my list... First of all, I'm going to give an honorable mention right off the bat, just so you're not expecting this. The correct answer is not in my top three. The correct answer is the Beatles' Abbey Road, because <laughs> that is the most iconic album cover ever. It's it's spoofed everywhere. But I'm not going to put that in my top three. I'm going to be talking about my personal top three, not the world's top three. So, my personal third is the Black Keys Brothers album. And if you look at that cover, so each album that I'm going to talk about has a very different take on what an album cover is. This is the simplistic route. So the Black Keys album cover is literally just the words, this is an album by the Black Keys, period. The name of this album is Brothers, period. And it's on a black background. Every word is white except for the Black Keys, their band name, which is in a reddish-orange color. It is the most simplistic album cover I've ever seen. And if you listen to the Black Keys at all, you'll know that they are also a very simplistic and raw band. So it's a perfect reflection of the band itself. It's also a great idea of like your album cover can be whatever it wants. It should somehow reflect your style and your music. And I love that they literally, like a lot of bands take time to go hey what's this album cover gonna look like and they're just dreaming about this and they're setting up photo shoots and graphic design work and all this and the black keys are like hey we don't care the album is brothers by the black keys let's literally write two sentences and put them on the album cover and i think when i first saw it i was like that's the weirdest cover i've ever seen and i actually disliked it then when Uh i listened to the album i was like actually that's a decent reflection of who they are as a band and that's always what i look for in the album cover is something that kind of reflects the band in a certain sense so that's my number three nate what's your number three So I did like categories kind of as well. And so my first category is a band logos. So certain uh, bands have like a logo they have for the band, which they put on an album cover. And the album cover is the album is Son of the Morning by O Sleeper. Basically, this album, the first track is the conversation from Satan to god basically like hey you suck you're not all that powerful i'm better than you and then the album goes through all these different stories from people's perspective about their relationship with god and i think also kind of with their relationship with the devil and the last song is called the finisher where god basically responds to satan and he's like yo you ain't crap and the song ends with him saying i'll cut off your horns i'll cut off your horns because the devil um one of his images is like a goat 
And the pentagram is an image representative of the goat image. And basically, it's an upside down star where you have the two top points are the horns, the side points are the ears, and the bottom point is the chin. What they did was they literally took the top two points off of the pentagram, which would be the horns of the goat. And the symbol basically is this like symbol of like God's power over the devil and like his like reign over over the devil. And it's just like so B.A. And it's like metal, so metal. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know. I think it takes such an iconic symbol and is able to put such a genius twist on it. Like it's not corny. It's not stupid. It's not copying. I just think it's so cool. So I know you love that band and that album artwork too, Mm -hmm. Andrew. So So what's your second album? So my second album is the opposite approach to the Black Key Simplistic. It's actually so much happening and it's inhale exhales album i swear it's a weird album cover and when you look at it you won't get it and i'll explain why it's cool if you look at the album cover you'll see these kind of weird shape things there's i mean a total of six of them and it's actually they created basically their own written language that's like a digital looking written language for the entire album now this goes past artwork this is not just the cover but it flows through the whole thing where basically they have this where each thing is a letter right so it spells i swear if you look at the album it's three and three and it'd be the top line would be isw then the bottom would be ear so it spells i swear and if you look if you open the album all their lyrics are in that kind of a code, right? Like oh, a digital sick. code. It's one of the coolest things, just changing up and creating a whole different written language just for an album. So where the Black yeah. Keys basically are like, we don't care about our album cover. Inhale, Exhale took the idea of like, not only do we care about the album cover, but that's going to sink into everything that we do having its own its own language and it's still probably the most impressive idea for an album artwork and album idea because again it spans the entire album the song names on the back are in that same code and like it just it's so cool and so i just appreciate all the work that they went to so it would be a crime not to put them at number two nate what's your number two So before I share my number two, I want to share really quickly an honorable mention that's different than yours, but it was, it's kind of similar to yours. So it's by Silent Planet and the album is called Everything With Sound. The singer of the band has videos on explaining the album cover. Just go watch them. I literally didn't put this on my list because I felt like it was too complicated for me to explain, but it's such a sick album cover. There's so many hidden meanings behind it. It's great. Check it out. Okay, so my first one was like a band logo. My second one is an album cover that's very literal. The album is Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens. This is one of my top two or three albums of all time. And on the cover are Carrie and Lowell, who are Sufjan Stevens' uh, parents, his mom and his stepdad. And the album is about his mom's death and just dealing with it and the 
memories he has of her. And so to have a picture of them, a real photo as you're processing death and nostalgia. And for the listener, you're able to like to put a face to the songs and just like a really great cover. I love the colors in it. The font is cool and just like really well done, really helps enhance the album listening experience. So, Andrew, this is the Bella de Ball, your number one. Hit hit me hard. What is it? So it's Amberlynn's final album, Lowborn. Now, there's a whole different reason that I chose this one. It's not because it's the most impressive or took the most time, but it's actually how the fans took that as a symbol. So this would be Amberlynn's last album mm. and if you look at the final cover it's basically crossing their fingers it's it's kind of a salute and what happened is if you went to their concerts at the end when they played their last song which was Finn because that's the song that they always close with and it's the best song ever um, <laughs> when you would go there Every person in the crowd held up that sign, the the album cover, basically, with their own fingers. And it was the coolest, most like emotional way of basically saying goodbye to a band. And I think what an album cover can do, when I first saw the album cover, I actually didn't like it. I just thought it was boring. In my opinion, they had better ones. But how the fans took that is like, because it was Amberlynn's farewell album, that's also how the fans said farewell to Amberlynn. And I think that's such a cool thing, the fact that like album artwork can speak to a community of fans and to every person kind of differently. And I just, I love it. I, I thought that was such a cool thing. What it did for j- not just their shows, but just like, that's like Amberlynn's almost farewell symbol now. Yeah. Um, so that, that so to cool. me is cool. When that album cover came out, as well like i hated it <laughs> but i'm like really a side note really sad because i got into Anne berlin like really got into amberlin after they broke up <laughs> however that being said i didn't like grow up with the band so i have a lot less like emotional and nostalgic ties to them so i'm obviously not like bitter or anything that they were my favorite band my whole life and i never got to see them but they're such an amazing band Mm -hmm. and i've heard from everybody who's seen them especially you and dan like that last concert was amazing yeah and they they in their history i think i saw them four times and they're honestly one of the best bands i've ever seen live i saw them the same summer twice the same set i think i don't think they changed it at all and it was literally it was in philly and then it was in lancaster which are only like an hour and a half two hours away from each other and i made it to both because they were so good that it was worth my money so all right nate what's your top album so my top album cover is also kind of combined with the title of the album so the album is the dream is over by pup basically to give some backstory pup is a punk band and the vocals are yelled for most of it and the lead vocalist ended up having some really bad uh throat issues like really bad that they had to stop touring and they were worried about the band and stuff and he went to see a doctor and the doctor told him 
after looking at his throat and looking at his uh, voice, he said to him, the dream is over. Like, there's no way you'll be able to continue the band. The dream's over. And so the album that they released after that is called The Dream Is Over. And the album cover is a picture of this guy on a sofa that's like burning up. It's like up in flames. And he's just like reading a newspaper, ignoring it. And it's just like the most punk thing ever. Like to like put it back in the doctor's face and be like, heck no, the dream isn't over. I'm just going to ignore everything you said and keep going. And I mean, obviously, in a lot of situations, <laughs> ignoring your doctor is very unwise. But I mean, for him specifically, like the bands continue to go. This album, this new album was amazing and they've been able to tour. And I think the doctor was wrong about his assessment. And so it makes it all the better because it would be kind of bittersweet if this was like the band's last album and the doctor ended up being right. But I think they still kind of have the middle finger up <laughs> in this. But yeah, it's a really cool cover. So top three, Wicked Fun. Let us know your top three album covers. Honestly, this was a really hard list to make. And there's like a million more we could talk about. And if you want to know more album covers we like, we'll let you know. Alright, welcome to our listening party. We are listening to the album Feels Like Air by the band Island. Now the band Island is a four-piece band from London, and so you'll notice an accent throughout the lyrics. You'll also just notice it has a lot of that like Brit rock kind of feel to it as we're going through the album. I am proposing this album to Nate to get his thoughts on this album. You're proposing to me? I am proposing to you. (laughs) So we'll see what Nate says by the end of this podcast. We're both married men, and uh, and who knows? We'll see uh, what happens by the end of this podcast. Um, This better be a good album. Try to impress me. This better be a good album. So the first song is Ride. Nate, what were your thoughts on the song Ride? So this is definitely a good uh, intro track or a first track for the band. And I think it lets you know the singer's voice well and this type of vibey smoothness that the band is going to go for musically. My favorite part of the song is just that like little basic instrumental at the end. I thought it was nice and pretty. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a perfect beginning track for this album. The electric guitar work throughout, and that'll actually be a theme throughout the album as well, but the electric guitar work throughout the song, the lead line that it has, just really catchy. They're really good at writing guitar hooks, and so it's it's a very hook-driven album, and those hooks 99% of times are coming from the electric guitar. And so this song good start to the album not much to say besides that all right let's head into the second song the second song is named try try. 
All right, Nate, do you want to try and give me your thoughts? So I tried to think of a comparison of what this band sounds like. Actually, I didn't try. It just came to mind. Do you know the band Bad Sons, no. Andrew? So they're like kind of like pop rock. And uh, the guy's voice in Bad Sons at certain points sounds very similar to the guy's voice on Island. But overall, the part that stuck out to me lyrically of the song was there's one part that says, oh, I found a new way to die. It's hidden in your tear-stained eyes. And that line just stuck out to me as sad and very heartfelt. So I like that part. What about you? Yeah, I think this song, there's a drum groove after the chorus, and it's really, really cool. Very unique. Feels very original. Doesn't feel like they're just pulling that from another band or another song. It's very unique, and I appreciate that. So in general, it's a good song. All right, let's move to track three. Track three is The Day I Die. Nate, what were your thoughts on track three? So I go back and forth on this track because his voice, sometimes it's like a little too overwhelming. And then sometimes it's like I really enjoy how strong he comes across. I like the bridge where it ramps up at the end. Another band comp, this song kind of reminds me of the band Hollowood, are kind of like more of a folky band. And the song has a little bit more of that like group. It's not group vocals, but at the end when he's screaming, it's like, or yelling. It's very full. Like the vocals are very full in that part. But overall, I think the song's fine. It's cool. What about you? Yeah, there's a lot of 10th chords throughout this album. But oh, there's also yeah, definitely the 10th chords. <laughs> the 10th chords are definitely uh, very prevalent in this song, but I actually really like them. I think they work best in this song on the album, so I thought they sounded really good. They're just very open and spacey sounding chords for those of you who don't know. Lyrically, I took it as a little bit more depressing. I'm a little confused by the lyrics, but I was trying to figure out what he was coming at it from lyrically, and and it didn't feel like it was very happy to me. But yeah, it's, it's a good song. Let's move on to track four, the track Something Perfect. Did you find something perfect in this song? Uh, kind of. <laughs> so I think like lyrically up to this point, there's some stuff that's cool, I guess. But overall, nothing's like or very few things have grabbed me. But I really like the part where he goes, I'm looking for something perfect. And if I am, do I deserve it? And then he goes, I'm looking for something perfect. And if I am, would it be worth it? And just this idea, I think that's a very interesting idea of like how we long for things that will make us happy or things that will satisfy us or things that will be great. And yet, if we do get those things, won't we 
feel inadequate. So it's like, I think an easy example is just like a relationship. And it's like, you long for a great girl. And it's like, oh, if I found a great girl, well, she would probably not necessarily be disappointed in me, but like I'd be disappointed in myself because I'm no, I don't deserve her. So I don't know, just this catch 22 of like we long for greatness, but we don't become great ourselves all the time. And we actually have a lot of problems. So I thought it was a cool thought. What about you? Yeah, I think the melody that is throughout the song, too, is just really, really good. There's a lot of space in between the words that he's saying. The, I'm looking for something perfect, and then, like, kind of the pause. Mm-hmm. I think it fits really well. So I like the melody of this song. I also really like there's a dotted eighth picking guitar throughout the song, and it kind of just feels like it's the glue that's holding the whole song together. It's kind of a little bit more background, but the mm-hmm. guitars are fairly up front, too. One thing I'll mention as as we're moving on, we're using genius lyrics and just something in general with this whole album is that there are a lot of incorrect lyrics on the genius lyrics thing as I was looking through some of these. So just keep that in mind as we're going. If some of the lyrics don't make sense, they might just not make sense. But there are quite a few just incorrect lyrics as well. So that's just something to keep in mind as we keep listening. Let's move on to track five. The track is called Interlude. thoughts on interlude so surprisingly enough interlude was an interlude and to be honest like i also don't think that like it came at a point in the album where i needed a break to like process things like we're only four songs in it's an 11 song album like if this came at track like eight or something i think it would be more helpful but like it didn't add anything for me at all so yeah, what are your thoughts? It's really smooth, as is the entire album. So it's a smooth sounding song. Interludes don't normally have words and vocals, but this did towards the end, which kind of surprised me. Didn't love that part of it. I think I wish that they would have just kept it a straight interlude. And then the pro for this is I do think it musically it goes perfect into the next song, Horizon. So it does that really cool, but I completely agree that they could have just moved it somewhere else i didn't need it after track four either but yeah it does a great job of transitioning out of the interlude which i do appreciate so it goes right into horizon and so will we Nate what were your thoughts overall this song kind of (laughs) like actually I just thought of a pun this song like kind of reminded me of the horizon it was just very flat (laughs) and uh, there's just not a lot going on for me I just didn't find it interesting to be honest I thought lyrically it was interesting but overall I wasn't really digging it what about you 
very similar thoughts. I just think it's too repetitive. That's my biggest thing. I think the electric guitar work is still pretty cool, as it has been throughout, but, like, definitely not my favorite song by them. And, yeah, just extremely repetitive. We'll go to the next song called Moth. What were your thoughts on Moth? With Moth, focusing on the lyrics to start off, I wonder if you're this way musically, but like when I hear a band's lyrics and I'm my like gut reaction is like, oh, I've probably like written that before or like I could have written that. It's like a bad sign <laughs> for me. And so like the lyrics in the song were like very basic for me until uh, near the end. I liked when he said, and how can I change my troubles into praise? And how can I wait? I'm running all my days. It's over now. And I thought that was like a little bit less cliche. Like that's what he was, I feel like trying to say throughout the song, but it was just like, oh, how can I change? I want to change, but I can't. And it's like, I feel like everybody's written that, but I felt like he did a better job describing things there. And what's interesting for me is that musically, that's when the song actually got interesting too. Like, I think it picked up near the end and made the song a lot better than it was. What about you? Yeah, I actually had the same note here as far as where the song picks up to me that I agree. The ending's the strongest portion of it, like later in the song. I do really like there's kind of some bright, shimmery guitar chords after the chorus. Just mm. kind of single strum, big chords, and they sounded awesome. So I really like that. I think musically, this kind of picked back up for me, especially after Horizon just not being a huge fan of that. I think Moth had a lot more interesting musical parts than mm-hmm. horizon did and yeah i really enjoyed the song only thing i'll say lyrically is that you write really good lyrics so the fact that you think that uh, this is at all even close to on par with you actually probably means that uh, it's amazing lyrics but <laughs> I, I, I think what you're getting at more is just like you could have done it and so it's not that impressive but i think yeah. what you do is impressive so that's that we'll go on to the next song we'll go anywhere Beat me to it. I'm not even going to say it. We're going to the next song. It's called We Can Go Anywhere, and we will. What are your thoughts? So this is definitely one of my favorites so far. I think his voice up to this point is utilized the best. It doesn't feel as gimmicky. And I think the song flows well from beginning to end. It's always something's happening and I'm interested. And I really like the transition from the raspy pre-chorus into the smooth chorus from a vocal standpoint. And overall, I think it's yeah, just one of the stronger songs. What about you? Yeah, I really like the overall kind of atmospheric feel of the song. There's a tremolo guitar picking towards the ending. That's my favorite actual part of it. 
But even right towards the end when that section ends, there's a lot of these kind of atmospheric sounds that are kind of haunting and beautiful at the same time. I think it's it's one of the stronger tracks and it offers something different than it had up to this point, which is really good. All right, let's move on to the next song. The next song is called God Forgive. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on God Forgive? So overall, I think this song was interesting lyrically, but I felt like the music didn't pack the same emotion or at least the genuine desire that I felt like the lyrics did until the instrumental in the second half of the song that I feel like really... It just made me feel something, which I felt like the lyrics did. And... That really saved the song to me and brought the same amount of emotion that the lyrics brought. But the first half uh, wasn't really doing it for me. What about you? I think it's a tale of two halves for this song. I think the first half, if you listen to this and something perfect, if you were to listen to them back to back, you'd feel like they were just reusing the exact same stuff, (laughs) but that they did it worse the second time, that something perfect (laughs) did it better. So yeah. that's that's what I've written down until the three minute mark. That's exactly what you were saying. When the instrumental came in, there's a really cool guitar lead line that kind of starts that and the music builds around that. And I think that second half of this song, if that was the only part of the track, might be the strongest track. I think it's actually yeah. my favorite just moment of the entire album. But the yeah. problem is that it's such a polarizing song to me that like it starts so eh. And then it gets so incredible. So yeah. dynamics are still good. After that three-minute mark is where it really is. It's a much better track from that point on. All right, let's move to the next song, Feels Like Air. This is the second-to-last track. This is the title track. What are your thoughts? So, again, I just I dig the instrumental before the bridge, and I really like the bridge. I think it's one of the more powerful vocal spots on the album. As he repeats, and it feels like air. I just feel like it was really smooth, and I think one of my hardest things on this album is like, when do I believe his singing, and when do I not? And I feel like this was a spot where like I really believed like in his voice, like I trusted his voice and like really liked this track. What about you? Yeah, I think because it's the title track, I'm a little let down by it just because I feel like you need just such a strong track. I don't think the track stands by itself as strong as I would like it to within the album. It's fine, but mm-hmm. by itself, it doesn't carry a punch like I'd want it to. 
I completely agree with you, though. The instrumental portion where he's just repeating and feels like air is the best part of the song by far. Yeah. And it's a really good part of it. But again, the whole track just doesn't hit home as much as I would like it to, especially mm-hmm. for it being the title track. All right, let's move on to the last track, Lily Flower. Nate, final track, Lily Flower. What are your thoughts? I think that this track showed me that I would have liked the album a lot better if it was a bit more stripped back and less vocally driven. This song to me has more maturity than the other tracks. And I think it's like a no brainer for the closing track based off of what the songs they do have. But overall, if people haven't been able to tell already, like, I just find his voice, first off, I think he has a good voice, but I think, like, sometimes it feels very whiny and just, like, gimmicky. And the why, why gimmicky, what I mean is, like, I feel like whenever somebody has a raspy voice, it's like, oh, that's such a good voice. And so in this song, he doesn't sing, like, raspy at all. And I actually find it like a lot more desirable and a lot more pure than when he's just like really relying on his raspiness to make it interesting. And to me, it's like, oh, the melodies should be interesting, not, oh, he has a raspy voice or like the instrumentation should be interesting, not just, oh, he has a raspy voice. And I feel like they rely on his voice too much to make the band interesting and desirable. So for me, this song was actually the most impressive track because they were able to be desirable, able to be interesting with being very simple and just very basic. And so I really like the song. It might be my favorite. I think I know we haven't talked about favorites really yet, but either this or we can go anywhere. They're definitely my two favorites. But what about you? Yeah, I won't get into favorites yet for myself. I'll say that in a minute. But this is probably the most <laughs> impressive <favorite>. track. <laughs> like like you're saying, I think it fits his voice. And, and at this point, that's like a breath of fresh air, something that just like his voice fits so well with this song. It almost gives you a picture of like, well, what if they were a completely different band? What would they sound like? And his voice would fit better in this style than their actual style, their current style. I think you're right. It's the perfect closing track. The only thing is the album felt at times very monotonous up to this point. So part of me would have liked this song about halfway through. I would have rather this type of a track, maybe not the specific track, but this type of a track for an interlude track than the actual Mm. interlude because I feel like that would have actually broken up the album more shown, hey, we have a bunch of different sides to us, and we can do just a lot more. Now, this is their debut album, so I think they knew what style they are going into it, and I'll give them props that they did that, and they stuck to it, basically. Right up till the end, they had basically one style. They changed it up a little bit, but again, that's where it can feel monotonous, is that there wasn't any major style changes up to this point until the last track. 
the last track's incredible, I think. Both lyrically, musically, vocally, everything fits together a lot more, feels more honest, more natural, just everything about the song. So I, I really appreciate the song. So Nate, you mentioned your favorites are between Lily Flower and We Can Go Anywhere. My favorite is Moth, and I think I love both We Can Go Anywhere and Lily Flower. I think Moth to me was the closest representation of what they are as a band while still being lyrically interesting enough there was at least more lyrically there and i think just everything kind of works in that track Mm. lily flower is probably my favorite but the hard thing with that is when i'm picking a favorite i want to go up to someone and be like hey you should check out this band and if they go hey what song should i listen to i can't tell them lily flower because that's just not a representation of who they are so i was trying to find something that i found to be a good representation of who they are musically and what they're capable of while still being a solid track, obviously. So for me, that was Moth, but all three of those are very solid tracks as well. All right, it's time to rate our album. We have the album broken into five different categories. We did, if you've listened to us in the past, we did change one of our categories slightly, so just kind of follow along with that the five categories that we'll be talking about are instrumentation vocals lyrics the journey of the album that's the flow the consistency and the length of the album and then the last is not just album artwork it's overall production so that can include sound quality that includes visual quality and anything that goes into production even marketing if That's something that for some reason we know just overall production, basically (laughs) talking about what are the things that the band has a say in, but does not reflect the songs written as much. Uh, You can write amazing songs, but if they're not produced well, then no one's going to listen to them. You can write incredible songs that are produced well, but if the album cover is crap, no one's going to want to listen to the album just straight up. So things that add a lot to the album but are not uh, 100% representative of the band itself. So that's kind of we, why we made that change. We wanted to start talking about production a little bit more. So hope that makes sense. All right, Nate, let's go. We'll start at instrumentation. What did you give them 1 to 10? So I gave uh, 6.5. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I feel like that's like a 6.5 for me is like they are good but like like once you start getting into the like the 7 the 7 and a half or even 8 it's like oh they're starting to get like really good or like maybe even into that great range and it's like to me it's just i think there's a lot of good things that the band has going for them i like the atmosphere they create with their instrumentation i like the smoothness in certain parts i like a lot of the instrumentals but i was very rarely like captivated Mm -hmm. by the music and i feel like they can definitely grow in that area but it's still good Mm -hmm. um so that's why i gave a six and a half what about you yeah i gave them an eight So I did go a lot higher on this. I think their instrumentation is the strength of them as a band, more so than anything else. So that's one of the higher ratings that I gave them. I think them, as far as musicians, they are extremely talented. They do some really cool things music-wise throughout this album. I think the drums 
did some really, really cool things. The guitars are incredibly good. They're layered really well. I think in a lot of ways, the guitars and the music to them is more important than the vocals and the lyrics, that they're just so much more of like, if they were just an instrumental band, I actually think they might even be a better band, that the lyrics Mm -hmm. and the vocals are added because they have these songs written, not the opposite way around, that they have a cool melody or a cool hook. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of my approach to this. So I thought they did that really well. For the most part, I think they do the instrumentation side really well. Uh, It's interesting enough. It can get monotonous, which is why it's not a 10, but I thought that was the most interesting thing that they had going was their instrumentation. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on vocals, 1 to 10? I also gave it a Mm 6.5 because I feel the exact same way about the vocals as I do about the instrumentation. Mm -hmm. It's like good, not great. I think they abuse certain aspects of what makes the vocals good to a point that makes them less good. Mm -hmm. But I think at the base of it, it's like the guy's got a good voice he sings well. I just think he needs to know where and when to sing in what ways. Mm-hmm. He can just be a little bit more timely, I guess. Yeah, so that's basically my way of describing it. But that being said, it's like it's good. Like he has a good voice mm-hmm. and I like it. What about you? Yeah, I, I gave a seven. And honestly, I have about the same thoughts that you do. I don't think it's that his voice is actually bad. And I'll, I'll play a little bit devil's advocate here. I don't think he has a bad voice. I don't think the style fits him, though. I, I think yeah. the way to improve their band first, in my personal opinion, would be to change out their vocalist for just some someone who's less raspy, has more of just a clean, yeah. um, I agree. almost poppy vocal. Because I feel like they're very poppy in their musical approach, but his voice is just too raspy, and it's it's so hard to kind of keep it interesting throughout the album. I feel like he he always hits one note and doesn't push his voice to be cleaner too much. There's occasional times that he tries that and he doesn't try and really like belt out anything and really have a powerful voice. It's just raspy and the same volume for the most part. So yeah. it's it's not the best. It's not a bad vocal. It's just not the best for what the band I think would need it to be. No, I agree. Like, he'd be much better in, like, a rock band or something like that. And it's not to, like, box him in. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, it's, like, I don't think in most scenarios, like, a pop band with a metal screamer would be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to be, like, oh, like, they're incapable of making good music with him because it's definitely not true. But it's just, like, ideally, he'd probably be better suited in a different genre, like you said. Yeah. All right, next up we have lyrics. What do you give that? Uh, I gave it a 6.5 as well <laughs> on my 6.5s. I think the the reason why is I appreciated the seriousness of the lyrics. Like, I can tell they're thoughtful, they're thought out, and, like, very intentional. And I can tell the lyrics mean a lot to the band and the way that, or at least whoever wrote them. Mm-hmm. But I rarely read through and was, as we were listening, and was impressed. Mm-hmm. And yet I never was reading and was like, oh, these lyrics suck. I mean, I just think it comes to that same thing of that they were good, mm-hmm. they're fine lyrics. What about you? 
Now I'm gonna feel really harsh. This is the worst score I've ever given. I gave a four and a half. Nice. I I don't like the lyrics. In fact, when I proposed this band to Nate, I had not really paid attention to the lyrics. You kind of know some of those hooky lines, but then when I was listening this past week with the lyrics, I realized how much I dislike the lyrics. It just this is my own personal thing. There's to me nothing of value. Like, I did not become a better person. I didn't understand him well. I feel like he was trying to have really good thought-through lyrics, but to me, he didn't convey that well enough that I don't really know what he was talking about in half of the songs, if not more. That Mm -hmm. I was looking and reading all the lyrics and going, well, what's he saying? And then I come up with an idea of, okay, I think he's saying this, and then I read one line that would seem to contradict what I thought. And so yeah. either either the album's just talking about emotions and just not sure how to handle them. That's the only thing I could think of is like he doesn't know his own emotions. So there's things that are contradictory in his own mind or he's not. And whoever is writing the lyrics, it could be the band uh, in general, but just not sure of what they're trying to convey. I didn't feel like there was a pure like, oh, yeah, this like. I never felt like I could actually talk about the lyrics for this album. And I think that that was hard for me as I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, he was talking about this in the song or I really appreciated the lyrics. I like very few times throughout the album. I really got anything out of it. So, yeah, the more we talk about it, uh, it's tough. Like I probably lean if I had if I could redo my scores, I'd probably lean closer to you. Mm. But at the same time, like. I just feel like I was a sucker for like his on like you're right. It's like he, he didn't write that well, but mm-hmm. it's like I appreciate his heart. I don't know. <laughs> yep. All right. Next, we have the journey, the flow, consistency and length. What do you give that? So I actually gave this a seven. Nice. And the reason why is because I feel like on an album like this, what I'd expect is to enjoy the first three or four songs and kind of get bored near the end where what kind of happened was I kind of liked most of the the songs and then I really liked the last like three or four songs or within that range I like three three or four of the last songs Mm -hmm. and so on an album like this I feel like it's important to make sure you have somebody's attention all the way through Mm -hmm. and just as I was like losing my desire to pay attention or care they like got it yeah so I appreciate that. I also don't think it was too long of an album. Mm-hmm. And I think their songs were for the most part, like pretty consistent in quality. There's mm-hmm. definitely a, a couple songs that, or one song maybe that I didn't like and some songs I thought were better, but overall it was very consistent, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. What about you? I gave it just in case people were afraid that we weren't going to give something a 6.5. I did. <laughs> so I covered for you, Nate here, but I think in general, Everything that you said, pretty much pretty much right on. I appreciated that there were some stronger tracks towards the end because they almost lost me in the in the middle. That I loved the start of the album. I think Ride's a great start to the album, and I was kind of hooked from that point. But around Horizon, uh, in fact, during Horizon, I was like kind of wanting to give up on it a little bit. 
I just felt like at that point, I was like, we just had an interlude that was okay, and now we have a song that I don't think is that great, and I wanted to give up. Now, for me, I really like the next song, Moth, so that kind of brought me back, and it, it just gets better in some ways. There's still, in my opinion, one or two tracks after that point that are still only okay as well, but there's at least portions of those songs that are still incredible, kind of that difference between like the tale of two halves for God forgive that like the yeah. first half is like, ugh, but the second half is, is incredible. So, so yeah, I agree. Definitely. I think they could have made it shorter. I think we already talked about some of the things that they could have done with maybe not needing the interlude there, or maybe a different type of a track like Lily flower somewhere spread throughout to try and mm-hmm. help that out. But that's obviously why it's not a 10, is that it's not just perfect in in all of those aspects. But yeah, it was good. All right, finally, we have production and album artwork. Nate, what did you give all of that combined? So I gave that a 7. So I like the album artwork. Mm -hmm. I don't love it. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. I like the imagery with the album title. Mm -hmm. And throughout the album, he talks about falling. But... Overall, I still don't love it. I don't know. It's, But it's still a good cover. It's hard to explain. But really, for me, it's more just like... I feel like the production on this was... I feel like they could have added a lot more little things to make it interesting. And I don't think they did. Which left up the quality of every song strictly to the songwriting. And I mean, it was recorded well. But don't get me wrong. I feel like it was clean. But, like, I feel like they could have added some smaller... uh, I don't know. And even some of the times where they did add stuff, like, I think it's in Something Perfect. There's some songs that have, like, some weird stuff, and I don't like... I don't know. I just wasn't really a huge fan of the production, I guess. And I don't mean... I don't mean... A 7 is still a good score. Sure. I just mean, like, very little, like, blew me away. I was like, oh, this is good. I think I'm higher on both of those aspects than you, and I'll just give some of my thoughts. I... I think I like the album artwork a little bit more than you do. I think it works for them really well. I'm not going to say it's the best album artwork I've seen, but like if I were to give the album artwork a score, it'd be somewhere in like the B range. Like it's it's good. And when I first heard of this band, I looked at the album artwork and I know my first thought was like, okay, this seems like a band that I would like. It, it didn't turn me off at least against them. So that's always a good sign. <laughs> And then the production, I think I'm thinking of this more from the technical guitar tone aspect. They have mm-hmm. some really good guitar tone in this. Mm-hmm. Like like their just overall tone of the instruments is incredible. So that's why I'm higher. I gave it all an 8.5. So nice. I am higher Again, on all of it, as far as that, I think that was, to me, just the overall, I totally get what you're saying. They could have added some other stuff, but I think what they did have was produced really well, and it was really clean. It it was very reminiscent of a Brit rock album. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sounded like that style and did that really well. So that's an 8.5. All right. So my final score is a 34 and a half. Nate's final score is a 33 and a half. If we combine both of that, it's a 68 out of 100, which gives us a 6.8 out of 10. That's our final score. We've had 
higher scores, and I'm sure we'll have lower scores than that. So keep track of all our scores. Also, rate this yourself. Figure out what you would rate it, and let's hear what your ratings are. Let us know on Twitter or uh, email or whatever the kids are doing these days. Just let us know. <laughs> let us know what you rate this album so we can know if we're right on or maybe we're higher than than you with our ratings or, or just super low. That's the great thing about music is everyone listens with their own thoughts and perspective and we can have conversations about it. So And there's right thoughts and there's wrong thoughts, and, right? And obviously our thoughts are right because we exactly. are on a podcast and uh, <laughs> uh, so that makes everything that we say correct. Because we bought these $20 mics. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you start buying these big expensive mics and then we can start having a conversation. Yeah. That we can but, debate. Yeah, exactly. So we're here for our encore where we give one more thought. This might have something to do with music. It might have nothing, uh, but it's really just to fancy us. So Andrew, what's your one last thought, one yeah. more thought, whatever it's called. Yeah. I mean, I do spend a lot of time thinking about these last thoughts because I think it's really important to end the podcast um, as strong as you start it, if not stronger, because you want to leave an impression on people. And so this is just life advice is the best way I guess I could I could say it. So like if I can give any advice to anyone, it's don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. Um, I should have practiced saying that because the grin that came on my face was way too big and <laughs> it's not as funny as my brain told me it was in that moment. So Nate, what's, what's your one last thought? So I have a, uh, a joke as well, kind of, it's a pun. So the question is, how do you throw a space party? How? You plan it. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, eight-year-old me is laughing, and twenty-six-year-old me is laughing even more. Uh, uh, that's awesome. That's that's a solid one. There you go. Speaking Man. of Planet, Pizza Planet, Toy Story, Ooh. what a great movie trilogy. Amen. Are you a big Toy Story guy or no? I am alive, which answers your question as to yes. It just it's a yes. Are you nervous about Toy Story 4? Uh, yeah, because I'm afraid it'll be... Uh, I mean, we don't have quadrilogies as often as trilogies. And the trilogy's good, but the the word that I'm creating for quadrilogy, it, it scares me a little bit because I feel like yeah. it feels unnecessary. But yeah. honestly, I was so happy with Toy Story 1 and 2 that I felt like Toy Story 3 was unnecessary and I was completely wrong. Good um, point. So they proved me wrong before. I also thought Cars 2 was a bad idea and I was completely <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's an awful movie. Um, so I've been right and wrong about Pixar thus far as far as uh, adding movies goes. So we'll see. Oh, man. So Nate fun. loves Cars 2, though, right? Oh, I don't. I don't even know if I've seen it, to be honest. Honestly, not worth the time that it would take or the time that you'll spend going, what did I just watch? 
because I literally forgot it right after I shut it off. Like, it's that forgettable. So, yeah. So, before we leave, the album that we'll be doing next is called Toss Up by Kevin Crowder. If you want to listen beforehand to gather your thoughts before the podcast, that's fine. Do it. I dare you. If not, you can listen along just straight up during the podcast. That can be a very fun way to listen. So whatever floats your boat, this is a album that I hope you'll like. And I hope Andrew will like as well. That's TBD at the moment. So we'll see. Well, it's been a fun podcast. Nate, thanks for showing up. You didn't have to, but also you did because you're part of the podcast so thanks for making time for something that you have to make time for yeah no problem i mean i didn't really have a choice so nope did not at all thanks for listening uh you also don't have a choice but we thank you for choosing to listen just do it